Welcome back, everyone, to another Memphis Hardwood and an episode of Memphis Hardwood that might be a little more circumspect than is customary for us here on the pod. The Grizzlies have lost their last three games all on the road. Uh, The last game that they won was against the lowly Houston Rockets in Houston, and they blew them out. It was a good game. And then the Grizzlies went to Denver, played well for three quarters, and dropped the game towards the end. Similarly, went to L.A., first against the Clippers, played pretty well, dropped it at the end. And then, of course, last night, the Lakers and Anthony Davis take over. But really, it's not just about W's and L's at this point. There are some things that have transpired since the last time we were with you that frankly lead me to have a heavy heart. And I know it's probably true for my co-host as well. And we'll welcome Marvin Stockwell into the show right now. Marv, how you doing, my friend? Well, you know, my my Grizzlies fan flag is is flying at half mast. Not not principally so. Like like it's still it's still flying high in in in, in principle, but in like in enthusiasm, it's 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 kind of flying at half mast right now. Yeah. And I mean Gotta we need stay. to yeah, we need to kind of, you know, to to dive into all of those components, but you know, yeah, just to uh, hit just to hit some of the high points, you know, of the of the news. None of this is gonna be news to you all listening to the pod. So we're not breaking any stories here, but we do want to break them down. And, you know, one of the things, you know, that happened this past week that, that I felt as a real gut punch was uh, Brandon Clark, of course, tearing his Achilles. Um, He's undergone a successful surgery. He's going to be back on the path to recovery. And that path is varied. There's no single way that players in the NBA come back from that injury. So Mm -hmm. that one is, you know, that one's tough. We also saw, um, the John Morant news, John Morant, not with the team, um, has been, been away for a couple of games and Taylor Jenkins has indicated that there's no timeline for his return. So that is uh, another challenge. And we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to dig in to that as well. And in the meantime, the Grizzlies, you know, continue, uh, to not perform at the highest levels on the court, Marv. So, um, I think it would be best to start with uh, the John Morant piece and uh, just kind of talk through Mm -hmm. what all of this means, kind of where we are um, with it. Um, I'm probably going to put some words on paper because I actually think that this issue that we're dealing with with Ja really has almost nothing to do with basketball. I mean, it, it, it has nothing to do with basketball and but but what it does have a lot to do with is the city of Memphis. It's a place where, as Jeff Calkins wrote this past week, I think rightly, John Moran is the most famous Memphian since Elvis. Yeah. It's a place where we continue to struggle with gun violence. Um, listeners of the show may mm-hmm. or may not have seen, I published a piece last week in the Daily Memphian talking a little bit about how to deal with our violent crime issue. And, Mm -hmm. and so, and so there's, there's a lot of connections to the John Morant actions that really extend directly to the city. And yeah, there's a resonance. There's a resonance. And and I don't want to, uh, this is not a, this is not going to be a pile on jaw situation. Okay. So 
it's it's hard, you know, for for me and you as people who think and talk about the Grizzlies a lot, right? It's hard to know how to even start to go, go down this rabbit hole, but but we're going to try. We're mm-hmm. just going to yeah. see if we can kind of piece this together. I don't have an outline, you know, that like we traditionally do for the pod. I I just wanted to open up conversation around this and and I wanted to start with Memphis because really for me this podcast for you, I know you know, of course, growing up in Memphis, we've been around basketball, but it's because we were in Memphis. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I want to, and I want to, again, this is not going to be the most organized thing, but hopefully there'll be some depth here. The Tigers, I want to start with the Tigers on this piece because the Tigers just faced off against Houston on Saturday in one of the most exciting basketball games I've watched in a long time. I don't know, mm-hmm. Marv, if you got to actually mm-hmm. watch the game. I did. Um, and it was just freaking fantastic. And even though Kendrick Davis has not been on the team, but for one year, um, I was out on Twitter just asking, you know, like, is he going to be among Tiger greats? Because I mean, obviously he's been playing in the league, right. For four plus years. And he is just a clutch basketball player. If there ever was one and yeah, boy, he hit some big shots down the stretch in the fourth quarter. And that's exactly what you'd expect out of Tigers basketball. Where am I going with this? Kudos to the Tigers. They're going to go to the tournament. Can't wait to see how they're going to do. Shout yep. out to Penny. You know, go shout Tigers. out to Kendrick Davis, DeAndre Williams. They just they both got um, um, AAC all conference honors today. Really good, really great for them. But Marv, something else happened on Saturday, and that was that they honored the 1972-1973 Tigers team that went all the way to the NCAA finals right. and squared off with Bill Walton yep. and UCLA. And Larry Finch and company lost in a heartbreaker. And they yeah. honored that team coached by Gene Bartow. And there's been some really great reporting coming out of Memphis about that. Why am I sharing that? Because when we founded when when we founded this podcast, it was about Memphis Hardwood, right? Thinking about the history of the city, of which Hardwood was literally an economic yeah. staple for the city, helped to get it going. In addition to cotton, we've covered that in other places. Mm-hmm. But the connection between hardwood as an industry and the hardwood on which basketball players compete, that was at the heart of all of this because really this is a podcast about Memphis. Yeah. We both love Memphis. We care about Memphis. The Grizzlies have been one of the best things, I think, in the history of the city to happen to Memphis. Oh, without question. Yeah. And so that's where so that's where we're coming from. Now we talk a lot of X's and O's. We talk about defensive schemes. We talk about matchups. We we do all the basketball stuff too. And we lead with that primarily. But Marv, as I thought about John, I thought about everything that happened this weekend. Mm-hmm. I thought about Memphis. And and let me just say this one thing, and then I and then I I want to shut up and let you talk. And then of course yeah. I'll, I'll I'll keep going. But I want to say this one thing, which is I feel very sad right now. Yeah. And I feel sad because I feel sad for jaw because I mean, gosh, you knew me when I was 23. I mean, luckily I was probably a little more put together than most kids, but I made some freaking mistakes and probably in part because I look the way that I look (laughs) because I'm a white guy. I probably got away with some things in a place like Memphis that I may not have gotten away with otherwise. True. 23 year old Marvin did too. And so I feel sad for Ja because he obviously made a mistake. He's acknowledged that. But the ramifications of that mistake for him, for the rest of his life, because of the fame, because of the stardom that he's rightly earned, right? Those are going to be things that he feels and has to grapple with for the rest of his life. Yeah. 
full stop. That makes me sad because again, I made mistakes, you know, um, I don't want to compare what I did to what Josh, it does. It doesn't matter, but I've made mistakes. Right. And I won't have to pay in the same ways. And I just hate to see that for him because as a human being, John Morant's a human being, he's a basketball sure. superstar. So that makes me sad. Mm-hmm. I'm sad for Memphis. I'm sad for Memphis because on the one hand, you know, Memphis gets a bad rap outside of the city of Memphis. It gets a bad rap ever since Dr. King was assassinated there, shot with a gun. Let's be clear, a rifle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and Time Magazine called Memphis a decaying backwater, right? Famously in 1968. I feel bad because I think that the image that that was put forward, right, of a black man with a gun feeds a lot of stereotypes about the city. Yeah, that people that people unjustly, I think, leverage at the city because on some basic level, there's racism involved and people because Memphis is a big black city. People still hate on Memphis in ways that are not fair. That's true. Come at me. I mean, we we are in in many ways trying to kind of uh, get out from under the shadow of of, of 1968. Um, One last uh, thing, Marv, before you get going. Ramifications. The yeah, last yeah, thing sorry, I want to say, I'm, this is the other reason I'm sad for I'm sad for Memphis because we have a legitimate gun violence problem right now. That's true. It is code freaking red. And every article that's come out over the past two weeks, um, you know, of, of real relevance has been about young people using guns. And that makes me sad too, bro. Yeah. Because I know John Morant isn't thinking about all these things necessarily, right? When he's just having fun and trying to unwind and it's a tough time for the Grizzlies and in the season. But that message, there was literally an article in the Daily Memphian this week about the Memphis Allies program. Dom Wade did some extraordinary reporting. If you have not read that, subscribe, go read all of that because they are doing stuff in Memphis that is really important Mm -hmm. to stop this gun violence problem. The name of the article was literally... It's cool to be a shooter. Hmm. I have not read it. I have not read it. And I strongly suggest everybody to go take a look. So Marv, I'm just, I'm just sad right now, man. I'm sad about all that stuff because I do think good will come out of it, but, but let me, let me just kick it over to you, my man, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I've shared some thoughts. I have more, you know, I've been really uh, pondering this stuff, but I definitely want to hear your perspective, my friend. Uh, well, you know, like, um, good will come out of this uh, you know it, it that i it wasn't it doesn't seem like it was 3 4 weeks ago that i had been keeping uh the 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 Tyree Nichols death at the hands of Memphis police at kind of uh, arm's length because i was I, I had a lot of stuff going on and i was trying to keep it at arm's length because i knew it would just emotionally <laughs> uh crush me you know um and i'm a kind of an emotionally hardwired guy and i woke up one morning, and sometimes the very first news you hear from your alarm uh, is just, you know, your mind, you don't have your defenses up. And that's when sometimes when, when hard news hits me, it, like the very first thing is just can walk right into your mind. And I woke right up to the story of Tyree Nichols' mom uh, uh, put on the spot. She was she she was responding to President Biden, uh, who, who asked her, how are you two holding it together? And she said something, uh, uh, I forget exactly what she said about Tyree, but it was something, my my son was this uplifting, it was, she was praising her son and saying what a great guy he was. And she goes, uh, uh, as, as a person of faith, I, I believe the good will come from this. And I finally lost it. I absolutely wept. I mean, I just like cried my eyes out because I thought, A, 
the courage uh, of of that of that woman uh, and and the faith of that woman in in a national spotlight, and she's put under under that kind of scrutiny and pressure in that pivotal moment. She chooses to say, "Good will come from this." I admired her then, and I admire her now. Uh, and I just think to say that, with as bleak as it feels in Memphis right now, was just, that was a man incredibly courageous thing to say, and 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 a, and a hopeful, optimistic thing when when there's there's like she of all people would have every reason to rail and rage rightly. And she chooses to say that. What courage! So that's the backcloth, you know. Like this, this isn't just a, 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 a all this the things about stats and stories. And I'm I'm glad to know that journalists are doing the deep dive to get at the systemic uh, uh, issues at play because it's a multifaceted thing, right? There's no simple lock them up and throw away the key. Has now statistically, scientifically been proved it does not work. You know, like studies have shown, we know that doesn't work. We know that other intervention interventions are necessary, right? So it's it's good to be finally like really steeping on that as a as a community. Uh, but but that's the backcloth uh, for, for that that this incident uh, happens. And and oftentimes, you know, like basketball mirrors life. You know, I've I've come to realize and that 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 often you know uh, professional wrestling storylines often are a way for people to work out complex emotions that they can't solve in the real world. We all need a narrative that's that's uh, that's somewhat somewhat fiction or or somewhat outside the realm of our day-to-day lives. And I think basketball could be that, you know, the ups and downs and the travails of team chemistry uh, are easier to kind of have a handle on than maybe our workplace dynamics. But so all that to say this, um, you're right. John Morant's a human being, and that, that really that is the that is the most important thing. That is actually way more important than that he's a great basketball player. He is that too. Uh, but as people who care about fellow Memphians, uh, it matters that he's a person first and foremost. And I think that um, the thing that he's done that he's now taken, uh, you know, waving a gun around in a club uh, that he's taken ownership for and realizes that that was a that was a uh, that was poor judgment. I think it is both. Uh, it's 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 a it's a sign, you know. It's it's like um, it, it's a it's a manifestation of the fact that the that the, that the man is un, in a pressure cooker. So many people have hopes pinned to him. So many people have their financial lives pinned to him, uh, and that's that's more than most people will ever begin to bear. So, does it excuse his actions? Absolutely not. Uh, does he have to learn and grow? Absolutely, as do all of us, right? So here, 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 I'm going to find. I just, I just, I think I found the, the hopeful thread here in this, and that is this: John Morant's smart. John Morant is capable. His way of emotionally reading a situation. I, I'll, I'll choose a, a, a recent example. The whole way he. Uh, uh, he welcomed Luke Kennard to the team. It's an innocuous example, but I think it serves a point. Him thinking to say the stuff about how he's trying to emulate uh, Luke uh, as a welcome message. The way he sends a vocal leadership message to his teammates that really has nothing to do with X's and O's. It has all everything to do with confidence, right? So he has a he has great emotional leadership IQ. Well, okay. 
how does he respond to this? Um, only he can drive that ship, but I know he's smart and I know he's capable. And I know now he's been given the time to really think about this. This is not some glancing blow. This was an unexpected, um, self-inflicted, you know, gut punch that, that he's got to be reeling from. Now, will he learn and grow uh, from this? Absolutely. Here's what I'd like to see. And actually, this is what I expect of the Grizzlies from a basketball perspective. Just like when Ja went down last year with an injury, what did the rest of the team do? They rallied around who was still left in place, and they went on a winning streak. I think the team we see right now is a team that is lost and a team that is reeling. There's even a, there's even a story that, the guy's emotions are just, they're, they're a wreck. How could they not be, right? But they are going to find their composure. They're going to rally around who is there. And, and hopefully soon that next man up mentality, uh, that's, that step up mentality is going to take hold. We've got great basketball players that are still perfectly healthy. We've got a Tillman who's showing us a side of Tillman that, that we've never seen before. That's great. Um we can start winning basketball games. We can hold down the fort while Jai's out for this like eight, whatever this is going to be. You know, like we can win basketball games, but we have to say this is the unit, just like we did last year. Those players said, all right, well, until Jai's back, we got to hold down the fort. And they, and they, what did they win? 10, 11 straight, something crazy. So that's what I expect the Grizzlies to do. Um, uh, yes, my 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 Grizzlies fan flag is flying at half mast, uh, but I, it and 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 BC's injury is is truly awful, and I think the players are reeling from all of that, right? But what what can they do about it? They can commit to each other, and they can play better basketball, and not start melting away in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know, so they've got plenty of talent. Here's here's what I expect in the next stretch. I expect the Grizzlies to find themselves. Go on a winning streak, shore back up, and and start to focus on their playoff seating, which is where where practically we all really need to start looking, uh, especially the people on the team. And then Jaws going to come back, renewed, humbled, digging down deep himself, and he's going to come back with on, on uh, with a vengeance. And 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 I, my prediction: we go farther in the playoffs than we thought we would. Wow. That's my prediction. I hope you're right. <laughs> and I mean, I do think you're right to point out the Brandon Clark injury as, as being really taxing for guys as well. I mean, just to spend a minute on that, it's the worst mm -hmm. injury you can see in basketball, which is a non-contact injury. And, you know, finishing a free throw goes to step off with his left leg. And, you know, he was down on the ground. He knew immediately what had happened, basically. Um, and so, you know, BC yeah. undergone a successful surgery. So glad to see that. Um, can't wait to, you know, welcome him back to the bench, um, you know, as soon as he's ready, you know, and able to be there. So I know he'll be, he'll be there with the guys when he can be. And, um, you know, we hope that he has a successful recovery coming back, but in the meantime, you're right. The guys have to rally together. And there are some things that I've seen that give me hope. I, I don't, I don't know what to make about the fourth quarter situation. Um, the Grizzlies have just been yeah. absolutely awful in the fourth quarter and sure. they've been outstanding. Mm -hmm in the third quarter. <laughs> I think they have the best third quarter scoring average in the league. Yeah. So they come really out weird. of the locker room, super fired up and just can't hold on to the rope. 
and you know took another lead going into the fourth quarter last night and and blew it. Um, you'd think having your star player John Morant, you know, in the clutch would be useful, but it's been happening with John Morant there too. So this is not a this is not yeah. an issue of we need Ja back. Um, so so again, been seeing some encouraging things, and I just want to shout those out real quick. Santi Aldama is fantastic. He continues yeah. to make plays. Last night he scored eight points in a row. I believe it was in the second quarter when the Grizzlies couldn't score a single bucket. Desmond Bain didn't score a single basket in the whole first half. And Santi mm. Aldama, right, in the absence of any other scoring, just did it by himself. <laughs> and he did it with yep. flair, and he did it with verve, and he did it in an exciting way. And so you can see in Santi a real basketball player starting to emerge here, a high-quality mm. NBA basketball player. That's fantastic. Yeah, David Roddy was excellent when Dylan Brooks was out and he started in the starting lineup. He was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, he mm-hmm. basically ignited, you know, the first – he basically ignited the first eight points of the game against uh, the Clippers. You know, as we got going, he was involved in some way, ripping the ball out of people's hands, running, get into the rim. He can hit threes. So again, I think you see in David Roddy, a player who can play a really important role, a key rotation role Agreed. on an NBA team. I think those are, I think those are real, real highlights. Tyus Jones mm-hmm. continues to be excellent as a starter. Yep. And Slumps I mean, over. I mean, he just it Slump, slumps over. He's not perfect, but he's, he see, he seems back. Yeah. I mean, you know, last night he had 16, three and three. Um, I mean, could, could he be better? Absolutely. Right. We can all be better, but, but in general, right. Um, you know, he's, he's shooting 38% from three on the season, uh, 44% like field goal percentage. He's averaging five assists per game, um, a steal every single game, um, you know, 10 points, he's averaging 10 points and, and in starts, it's all better. So, you know, I think you're getting out, you're seeing out of Tyus, right? Some really, some really amazing things. Um, and, and I'll also just note that, you know, I think um, Dylan Brooks, I was very frustrated in the first half because mm-hmm. Dylan took a number of ill-advised shots, in my opinion, but it, but he stopped yeah. doing it in the second half. So I, I'm just highlighting some things, I think, that in terms of like trends for the Grizz- Grizzlies are really, really good. Um, you know, Luke Kennard, he got seven rebounds, five assists, six points last night. Like he's doing a little bit of everything. Saw him yeah, making yeah. some plays. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was just, it was wonderful, right. To kind of see him, you know, to kind of see him out there and kind of doing his thing. So I'm feeling pretty good about those elements of the Grizzlies. Now, Marv, for the tough stuff, <laughs> um, the Grizzlies right now are, they've officially slipped out of being the sole second seed in the West. Um, they've lost three in a row. They currently have the exact same record as the Kings who have been surging seven and three um, over their last 10. And so, uh, you know, that's going to be rough. They're 2.5 games above the Phoenix Suns. There's a very good chance the Grizzlies will fall to the fourth seed. And there's there's a decent chance that they fall out of having home court in the first round of the playoffs. So if the playoffs started today, uh, the Grizzlies would face the Warriors, um, who are in the sixth seed. Now, the Warriors, Mavericks, Timberwolves, Clippers are all within a half game of each other. So who knows what's really going to happen, who the Grizzlies are actually going to square off with. It's impossible to know. But my advice to the Grizzlies right now would be focus on controlling what you can control, which is to p- start playing the best basketball of the season that you can play and let the chips fall where they do. In terms of what you're exactly. seeing, you have to focus yeah. on what you can control. 
Yeah, exactly. I I I feel like they've got to. I feel like we've been the the players, and this is just an armchair psychologist hunch. But but it's but it's I think it's I think this is a, a decent guess. You know, they've been reeling from this the way we all have. Like, oh, I what a you know like like a two pronged like downer. Like I, I couldn't imagine two worse things happening, uh, and so they've been responding to it as human beings as well. Uh, and so it would be inhuman of them to be able to calculate that and shore that up any faster. But what I do think they now have to to turn and pivot toward is, all right, this is the squad. And we got uh, a playoff seating to contend with. Uh, we we uh, we love Ja. We want to support Ja. Like, these are his tightest uh, bros. Like, you got to believe that, the, that there's all sorts of communication with him and and certainly supportive messages going Jaws way. So in the same way that they that they held down the fort when he was out injured, it's a different type of injury, uh, you know. But uh, or but 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 I I do think that they can reframe it in their minds and hearts as hold down the fort till Jaw gets back, and this is the squad. You know, it's it's a bummer, but they've got to batten down the hatches and 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 uh, and. Uh, and get after it like so like I, I think if they do that then they can focus on what they can control you know like there's nothing they can do about jaws suspension time away from the team they can't undo brandon clark's injury all they can do is focus on who they are and who they are are a bunch of great basketball players you know they can win there's that can win games they yeah. can win games and i trust that yeah. they will yeah some hoopers if you will there's some hoopers yeah yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, there was a reference Chris Harrington was talking about today, the 2015, 2016 Memphis Grizzlies. And, um, he mentioned how they basically had won the same amount of games, 38 games, things were going pretty good. Uh, and then the wheels fell off with injuries and then they ended up suffering a first round, you know, a first round sweep, uh, in the playoffs. And so I don't, I don't yeah. know what's going to happen with this team, you know, but it is, it, it I have, experienced the kind of whiplash just in terms of mm -hmm. thinking about, you know, like, um, I don't know, like we were, everything was going great. <laughs> you know, we were mm -hmm. on top of the world. We had our first two all-stars in the all-star game for the Grizzlies, right? Sure. It seemed like five minutes ago. Destroyed the Bucks by 41 points. No problem. Yeah. yeah we were, just like, right. we're doing this. Yeah. 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 And so, so, you know, and now, you know, I'm just, uh, we're at this place, right. Where you're, you're just thinking, well, what can happen now? Like the, you know, the, you talk about the Grizzlies fan flag flying at half of half mast and you know, that's, that's definitely right. Kind of, kind of how I felt is how I feel as well. And, um, you know, I'm looking here at the schedule from that 2015, 2016 season and the Grizzlies, you know, uh, lost four in a row, then they won two, then they lost six in a row, then they won one, then they lost four in a row in the season. Um, and, and then they went into the playoffs against the Spurs and got swept, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, four L's in a row. And so, uh, you know, I don't know, this is a different situation, right? It's a different set of circumstances. It's not just way more injuries on that team. Wasn't that the year where we set the NBA record for most players who played for a team in a given year? Um, I believe that was the next year. Um, okay. 
Yeah, I believe that was the the next year um, in 20, uh, 2016, 2017. Gotcha. At any rate, uh, injuries, yes, did ravage, you know, the team towards the end. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think that um, this, you know, this team is going to have to bounce back. They don't have, they don't have a choice. I mean, it's that or, um, or tuck their tail and lose a lot. And I just have, these guys won't go out with a whimper. No, I mean, I have confidence, right. That, that this Grizzlies team is going to do the very best that they can. And and the only question I have, right. That's different, right. In terms of last year, rattling off 11 wins when Jago's down, but you know, the only question I have really is about their overall talent. And we've talked about that before. And, you know, you've got David Roddy and John Conchar, you know, in your wing rotation now. I mean, and you mentioned Xavier Tillman, and it's good to see him out there getting results. And I think he's been playing mm. extremely well. I think he continues to get better, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. As he's out there. So I think yeah. that's fantastic. Um, you know, you can't play, you really can't play Tillman and Steven Adams together. But you have Santi Aldama and you have Jaron Jackson Jr. So you can mix and match those long bigs. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this will give us a chance to see more Santi and Jaron minutes. Yeah. In a limited sample size, those have been phenomenal. And yeah. so it would be amazing, right, to, to see if we could consider, right, having those two guys maybe closing out games, right? Two, two, I mean, you could play five out potentially mm-hmm. with Santi mm-hmm. and Jaron on the floor. And the Grizzlies have really never had that luxury. So... So I see some 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 reasons for optimism, Marv, but I think bottom line, it is going to be a tough road to hoe for this Grizzlies team. Um, you know, I, the last thing I'll say just in terms of prognosticating, right, is that, you know, I think, you know, I think the Grizzlies um are I think the Grizzlies are gonna be good to get out of the first round, Marv. I really do. I think it's gonna be harder this year. Um, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. making it to the second round is not a given. <laughs> it's never a given in the NBA, yeah. but no. Um, I just think that it's going to be harder than we thought. And, you know, I don't know if you read yeah. this, but the NBA has a, has a rule in the collective bargaining agreement that if a, a firearm is found on a team plane or any team luggage or anything like that, it's a minimum 50 game suspension. Oh, no, I, I had heard that, but I didn't, I didn't know the kind of fullest, like you just explained it. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So my hope is that John Moran had a friend in Denver <laughs> <laughs> right. And he just was messing around with his, with his pistol and that John Moran mm-hmm. didn't bring a pistol on the plane, because if that's the case, we're not going to see John Moran until, you know, uh, 2024. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's still a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered, right. In terms of, yeah of those, those pieces and components. And in the meantime, the Grizzlies have no choice, but to come together and play their best basketball. That's right. That's right. Um, another thing that we haven't broached, um, uh, that's a little bit more X's and O's that I thought was interesting that I've kind of absorbed somewhere along the way this week is this whole, uh, willingness to, to, uh, to play Jaron more minutes in the end of the game, you know, like, like to stick with your stars and, and, and go past minute like targets or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that another very significant, uh, uh, hopeful th- uh, development is Jaron getting more and more and more comfortable taking the ball to the rack. Uh, and, yeah. and, and, and it's like, He's got so many skills, but I, I I just think that part of his game 
uh, we've seen it like go from not not very developed. And the first couple of times you you see him pull it off, you yeah. you realize, oh wow, yeah, like those gifts that you know those dimensions. That's he can do that. Well, he's getting more and more comfortable with that. That that that's a go to play, and he's starting to call it a lot. Yeah, uh, and it's starting to go in the basket a lot. Yeah. So, um, and that's a great thing. Like, I mean, I think one of the reasons, I mean, Jaws, a big reason that we're a points in the paint leader, number one in the NBA. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but I think, I think Jaron taking it to the rack more is starting to contribute to that. So, I mean, I, I'd like to see that. I mean, we need to, everybody keeps saying it. We need to play through Jaron more. Yeah. Well, and you know, and, and Jaron's doing better seemingly staying out of foul trouble, playing smarter. So yep. I don't know. Yep. Absolutely. I've noticed that too. Over the last 10, Jaron's averaging 29 minutes a game, 18 points. Um, he's plus 5.4. Um, the three point shot hasn't been going in as much over the last 10. He's only at 31%. Um, but uh, on the season, right. Um, you know, he's, uh, before the all-star break, he was shooting 41% from three, right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that will continue to go in. And in the meantime, right. If it doesn't just post Jaron up. I mean, there yep. were times last night where, particularly when Anthony Davis was on was not on the floor, I was like, "There's no one who can guard him. There's no one who can stop Jaron Jackson Jr. at the rim." So, and you're right, we are seeing that play called more often. Give it to Jaron and let him go to work, right? And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and that's a beautiful thing, right? Brings back some images of Zebo, but you know, yeah. Jaron is bigger and longer, and maybe not stronger yet, but he's definitely bigger and longer than Zebo ever was, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to just see, Hey, throw it to the hand. Let's get back to that. Yes. Yes. Throw it to the hand. I'd like to see the return of that. Maybe that's a, maybe that's fewer future growl towel. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, or it was, wait, was that ever a growl towel? It, sh- it should have been. Not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, I don't yeah. know if it was. Unfortunately. Throw it to the hand. Um, <laughs> no doubt. but, no uh, doubt. yeah, yep. so we, lo- lo- lots of reasons to hope both practical X's and O's and strategy reasons. But yeah. I think ultimately, in terms of the way where this discussion started about Ja and and essentially we're talking about resiliency and and the humility to learn, uh, and I think he has shown great depth. There's evidence of that he that he that he has great depth uh, of character is uh, in other settings. Is my point. We, yeah. We've seen evidence that in other ways. So I think if he has the core competencies, if he has that depth, it's going for sure. It's probably the biggest challenge to that ever. Yeah. in his life. And, you know, I've heard some people sound off on Twitter, be like, oh, he just flushed that contract down the toilet. I don't think that's necessarily right. Yeah. I think it's kind of like, if you have a pattern of making mistakes, you know, it's, it's one thing, but if like, if you can, you can, if you can say like, this is a, this is a major screw up, but I, I, I think that Ja is an exciting basketball player. I mean, it may completely change if there's some 50 game suspension, right? Like if that happens, we, we're gonna have to recalibrate the whole thing. Oh, but yeah. like, if this is just, he's gone for uh, X amount of games, we hold down the fort and then he comes back to lead us through the playoffs. And we, and we, 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 we do better than, than we thought we would. Um, like I hopefully projected. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think his endorsement deals. I think his power aid stuff and his shoe and stuff. I think all that's fine. I don't think he did fatal damage, uh, to, to that. I am in hopes that he did not do fatal damage to that. It's important to keep in mind that by, by, uh, by any measuring stick, 
Uh, John Morant is uh, set for for life a thousand times over. Yeah. Uh, even if those things go away, so I'm not so much worried about is uh, is Ja going to have the resources, uh, but but I just it, it it could it could be a deep wound to his 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 uh, star arc. Yes. Uh, and that and that will be a um that will be a limiting factor on the on you know the good that he can do uh both basketball wise and person wise yeah and i'd hate sure. to see that so yeah. rooting for ja uh as a person of faith praying for ja uh and uh and i and i, I am i i am hopeful that we're always hopeful that yeah. um that the team is going to rally together and 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 uh remember that it's a great basketball team yeah that can play winning basketball uh, even without Ja and even without BC, I hate both those things. Don't I wish yeah. they were still with the team? Wish it had never happened. Yep. But uh, we just yep. got to get back to that. Yep, for sure. And let things play out. Well, one piece of good news um, we will end on: the Grizzlies have 18 games left. There's a, there's 31 days exactly left in the NBA schedule. The Grizzlies have the third easiest schedule the rest of the way. So they'll play the Bucks That's once, good. the Heat once. They'll play the Warriors twice. They'll play the Mavericks three times and they'll play the Clippers twice. So I think those games against the Warriors, the Mavericks and the Clippers, those are going to be good measuring stick games for the, for this team based on how they're composed now, how they're going to start to play, um, how they can start to unlock Luke Kennard and his playmaking a little bit more, how Tyus can take the next step. Let's see if Bain can catch, you know, his rhythm. And then they're going to play the Rockets, the lowly Rockets twice more, the Spurs once more. They're going to play the Magic, the Bulls, the Thunder, the Portland Trailblazers. So they've got, you know, they've got some easy games, right, where they can really try to catch some rhythm. And and, and let's see if the Grizzlies, Marv, can just finish 500 the rest of the way. Um, you know, if they can go nine and nine for the rest of the season, that would be fantastic. Now, if jaw comes back, right. Okay. Awesome. Right. Like let's raise that ceiling. Remember Steven Adams is going to come back. I thought he was going to play last night. I think some other people did too. Um, but he wasn't quite back. So we'll have to see, right. As we get a little bit closer to this, uh, warriors game, which is on tomorrow, whether, Mm -hmm. whether in fact, Steven Adams is going to make, make a, make a, uh, an appearance because, the Grizzlies offense will improve greatly simply as a result of him getting offensive rebounds. <laughs> so that's, yeah. and, and right. not to, and not to mention the Grizzlies defense with Jaron Jackson jr. And Steven Adams on the floor is, is exceptional. So, yeah. So my hope is the Grizzlies can go nine and nine the rest of the way. Um, if Ja comes back, I think you raise that expectation a little bit higher. Um, and then they figure it out and then they grind through a playoff series um, I just, I want to wrap on this, you know, the Grizzlies are facing their first significant adversity, Marv, certainly since mm-hmm. we started this podcast and we've been fans yeah. a long time. So we've seen adverse periods, mm-hmm. but this is the first significant adversity of the John Morant, Taylor Jenkins era. Mm-hmm. And you and I both know, right? Like sometimes you have to learn hard lessons and yeah, we do. This is one of those times. And let's see if this fire can forge these Grizzlies to bind them go. together, to steal the strength that they have as individuals and as a collective mm-hmm. unit playing basketball. Because yeah. this is about more than basketball. This is a lot more than just John Morant 
being suspended for some games. It's about even just more than John Morant and his image, right? This is about how we as a group of fans, as Grizz Nation, right, as as people connected to this team, and ultimately as Memphians, as people connected yeah. to the city of Memphis and people who love Memphis, this is about how we stick together. It's about the resolve that we can find over the next few weeks. And as we get into our, our playoff series, right, it's about digging deep. It's about finding that next gear. And what could be more human than that? Yeah. We've all yeah. faced those situations. We've all had to go deeper. We've all had to find that resolve and muster the courage and strength to be a little mm-hmm. bit better than we were yesterday in the hardest circumstances of our lives. And that's what this Grizzlies team is facing collectively, Marv. And yeah. as as a fan, I look forward to walking with them through that process. It's going to be a crucible. I mean, it, it's, it's a, that, that that word jumps to mind. Uh, it's It's a crucible. Uh, but, uh, but again, uh, honestly, from a fan perspective, uh, you also have to admit that the, that the narrative is not boring. Uh, it, oh no, it's, 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 it's depressing right now, but I mean, he, he, they have an opportunity to respond as we all do when we have the wind knocked out of us or we, we face adversity. So like how the Grizzlies will rise is 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 going to be that's what we can root for right now and it's it is actually deeper than a basketball perspective it is really about a human level and uh, that to me maps over to my my uh my love for my city and 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 the way i root for it you know yeah absolutely this is this is a human story it's a human drama that's unfolding that we're connected to um, we care about these Grizzlies. We care about Memphis. We care about John Moran as a human being. We want him to be well. And I, sh- I shared this on Twitter, right? But, you know, the 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 athletic posted, what good can any good come from this, right? The John Moran situation. And I was just disgusted by that headline because I thought I know. absolutely good will come from this. Like, just think of how much better the world would be if those of us who are struggling could admit that, decide we need to seek help, seek that help, right? put ourselves in timeout and try to become better. That's what John Moran is doing. So of course, good will come from this mm-hmm. and we'll be here supporting Ja all along the way. Mm-hmm. Friends, we've got a few games coming up here uh, before we will be back with you on next Wednesday. Grizzlies taking on the Warriors at FedEx Forum. We'll welcome in the Mavericks on Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening at 7 p.m. And then we'll go to Dallas for a back-to-back with the Mavericks. We'll have a day between. Grizzlies will be off on Sunday, but they will be in Dallas on Monday, March 13th, 6.30 p.m. Central Time to take on the Mavericks. Uh, Marv, I think the Grizzlies can get two of three of these games. Um and I think that uh, they need to uh, they need to find that that depth, that courage, that resiliency, that resolve. And if yep. they do, I think they can go two and three before we get back with the audience next week. I think that's right. I think that's right. All right, friends. Thanks for tuning in. And Marvin, thank you as always for joining me, my brother. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Go Grizzlies. Go Grizzlies. Thanks everybody for tuning in. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your engagement. We will be watching these Grizzly Bears. We will be thinking about our players. We'll be thinking about Ja. We'll be holding them up in our minds and we'll be cheering them on while they're on the court. Take care, everybody. We'll see you next time on Memphis Hardware.